All right, if you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with us to the Gospel of Luke. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 10. Don't forget, tonight is our having our baptismal service. If that's something you've entertained that thought, you need to do something about it this morning because it'll be first thing tonight, 6 o'clock. All right. Luke 10, 25. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said unto him, What is written in the law? How does it read to you? And he answered, answering said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right. This do, and thou shalt live. And he, willing to justify himself, said unto Jesus, Well then, who is my neighbor? And Jesus answering said, Well, there was a certain man who went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and while he was going his way, he fell among thieves, and which stripped him of his raiment. And wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise a Levite, when it was at the place, came and looked on him, and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. And he went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast, and brought him to the inn, and took care of him. On the next day, when he was ready to leave, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come, I will repay him. And he said unto him, He that showed mercy on him, excuse me, verse 36, When thou, and now of these three thinkest thou? And the neighbor said unto him that fell among thieves. And he said, Thou hast showed mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him, Go and do the same thing. Father, speak to our hearts. Lord, we need a fresh word from you. We need to know exactly how you want us to act in this world. Many times our hearts are flooded with what we feel like we need to do. And it goes against our grain sometimes because it causes us to get out of our nutshell. It causes us to have to cross some borders. But I pray that you'd help us to be bold just to offer ourselves for whatever the need is, for the, whatever the occasion. And we'll ask you to bless and use us for your glory and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> J. 
Jesus was bragging on his disciples as well as blessing them. And the Bible said a certain lawyer stood up and asked a most important question. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus made it very simple. Verses 25 through 27 basically talked about love. <clears throat> love is a big order, a mighty big order. What do you do with love? What do you do every day with love? Our word up is have compassion. Jesus had compassion more than once. Over and over, he was having compassion. He, he tried to instruct his, his disciples to have compassion. Put yourself in someone else's shoes. That old song, Walk a Mile in My Shoe. It's amazing to me where God leads us to go and what he asks us to do. You see, God knows both sides of the story, y'all. We may only know one side. And so we form an opinion about this one side. But we need to hear both sides. Here Jesus gave both sides. A man said, what must I do? Oh, words, what can I do to inherit eternal life? And so then he says, love the Lord thy God with all your heart. What is that? That's effort. That's giving it all you got. That's giving it all that you can afford to give. Now, I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about of our time. What do we do with our time? I was talking to an elderly lady this week, visiting with her. I said, I know we still have 24 hours in one day. Nothing has changed there. But I said, it seems like the older I get, the faster time goes. I said, do you feel that way? She said, yes, I do. But you, we know that it is not. We are so geared up and so clock-eyed, you know, we're constantly wondering, what time is it? Where do I need to be next? Somebody said, you can look in a, a person's checkbook and find out what they do. Man said, mine's filled up with, with doctors. <laughs> Making this check and that check out to doctors, dentists. I'm constantly going. You know, I can't go do what I want to do because I've got a doctor's appointment. Well, those doctor's appointments are important. I've almost learned, don't get in a hurry to get there on time because you ain't going to get in on time. Appointment means one thing, you will get in. <laughs> when? When your name's called. You know, I, I, early on in my life of going to doctors and sitting in the waiting room and finally hearing your name called, oh boy, you take off and they put you in this room and see if your heart's still beating and see if your breath smells and, and then they'll say, he'll be in in a minute and they shut the door. I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, man, what's, you see, under the big crack, you know, under the door, you see shadows. 
And I have learned, I do this. Most of the time I do this. When they put me in that little room and shut the door, I just get up and open the door. I want to see what's going on out in the hall. And then a little bit, here comes the nurse back. said, uh, did I shut this door? I said, yes, ma'am. Well, I thought I did. I said, I don't like to be cooped up, you know. I want the door to be open. I want you to give it all you got. I want your heart and your soul and your mind. And so Jesus said, you need to love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all the effort that you've got. And then he says, love the Lord thy God with all your strength. Your ability, the abilities that God gives us every day to live for him and to share with one another. Try to help one another. Abilities, accommodations. He talks about loving him, the Lord thy God with all his soul. With all the sacrifices you can make. Hey, it takes sacrificing, y'all. Things just don't happen. You've got to sacrifice your time. Sacrifice a little of your heart, your ability, your strength. And he says you need to love the Lord thy God with all your mind. You know what the mind is? That's your testimony. That's what, that's what you have to say that's on your heart and mind what God has done for you. Your soul, your mind, the thoughts. And yes, hey, there's troubles. They're out there. Storms. And then Jesus said, I believe he really concentrated and looked at this lawyer eyeball to eyeball and he said you need to love your neighbor as you love yourself well the bible says the uh, the lawyer wanted to justify himself so he said well who is my neighbor okay who is my neighbor all right i can say well the person next door either on either side or excuse me or in front of me or behind me that's my neighbor no, our neighbors are anybody, anywhere. We've got neighbors on the other side of the world. Who is my neighbor? And then Jesus gave that parable, parable of the uh, Good Samaritan. So I just simply give it a title here, The Samaritan's Storm. Now, if you haven't had one lately, get ready because they're coming. You're either in a storm right now, or you have just come out of a storm, or you are approaching a storm. When we traveled out west, I mean, it seemed like you could see for a hundred miles. I know you couldn't, but it just seemed like it, that you could see that far off. And you could see storms as they were coming, and you're driving, and, and, and the storms will play tricks on you. It'll look like it's coming straight towards you, and it don't, in other words, when it is, it don't look like it's moving. It don't look like you're moving, or it's way over to the left and headed this way or to the right. And I learned that those whirlwinds are more than what we call a whirlwind around here because that, those whirlwinds out there will jar you. They can cause you to have a wreck. Storms. A lot of times we don't see these storms coming. They hit us blindsided and we're swept off of our feet. Well, it says a certain man. Now, what I want us to look at this morning, first of all, if we think about the Samaritan storm, I want this, this certain man to represent any sinner, okay? 
Let this certain man represent any sinner. Verse 30 said, And Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, fell among thieves, stripped him of all his clothes, took everything he had, and left him half dead, helpless. They probably beat him to the point he couldn't walk. They may have beaten him in the face to the point he couldn't see. He was helpless. Let that certain man represent any sinner. Now, uh, you look at the, uh, the map from Jerusalem to Jericho, is all downhill. Anytime a sinner continues in sin, they go down deeper and deeper and deeper. There is a bottom, by the way. If you die that lost sinner, hell is the bottom. Now, sometimes people hear, uh, you hear people say, man, I'm living in hell. I am living in hell. Now, the life they're having to live with what they're having to put up with. Can you imagine the storms that are in people's lives that are caused by somebody else? I, I forget the statistic on it, and I'm not one of them. Please understand, I am not a part of this statistic, okay, if I'm saying that right. I, I know what I'm trying to say, and hopefully you do. <laughs> Preachers by the hundreds across our nation are committing suicide. Preachers across our nation are walking off the job because they can't take it any longer. Preachers across our nation are being forced out of their church. Well, you can do what you think. You can do what you want to. Uh, you know, I can go anywhere. It doesn't matter to me. But I can promise you this. This preacher, as long as he's in his right mind, will never commit suicide because of storms in somebody else's life. It is my job. It is my responsibility to do my part to help you through the storms. Now, when we think about this old boy, I mean, he went down. You may be that person this morning. You may be a Christian. You may be a saved person who has withdrawn yourself from following God and you have gone down. I think of Jonah. Hey, he just kept on going down. And finally God put him in the belly of a fish and really carried him down. Is that what you want? Listen, if you or I continue in our sinful ways, do, don't, don't you get the idea, oh, I'm self-made. I won't go that far. I'll stop before I get that done. Let me tell you something. Every time you approach a stop sign and you put the brakes on, how do you know that that vehicle's going to stop? You don't. Your pedal may go to the floor, baby. And you grabbing everything you can grab and out in front of a vehicle you go. Just because you think or I think, hey, I got it all together. I, I'll handle this situation. It don't mean it's going to come out like you want it to. Do you think this certain man, as Jesus said, a certain man? That could be anybody. 
as he went down, traveling, he fell <coughs> among thieves. <coughs> These thieves are out there. Satan's a thief. John 10.10 10 tells us that. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And if you and I continue in our sinful ways, he will steal and kill and destroy you or me. We have to put the brakes on. Listen, God's given us ability to think and reason. You know, it, me in my right mind and doing what I feel God wants me to do, I would never hurt this lady here. I'd never do anything to bring shame to her. But this certain man fell among thieves. The devil is that thief, and he may be robbing you of what you have. Where does it stop? The Bible said he fell among thieves. Let me tell you something. Satan is the same thief that met Jesus in the garden. He's the same thief that met Jesus out in the desert. He's the same thief that met Eve in the garden. He is still the same thief, y'all. He hasn't changed. He's still a liar, regardless of what you think. Well, I'm doing what I feel I ought to do. You may be doing what the devil wants you to do, because he has not changed. This old boy fell among thieves. Now, it says they left him stripped of his clothes. Satan, if he can, will strip you of your righteousness that you have in the Lord Jesus Christ. You might fool me and I might fool you, but you and I cannot fool God. He knows if we're living right. They stripped him of his clothes. Bible says left him half dead. Now, if you're lost this morning, you are spiritually dead. If we're saved, then we are spiritually alive. But that don't mean that we can't backslide. That don't mean that we can't fall back. It don't mean we lose our salvation, but we may have to suffer the consequences for doing what we know we shouldn't have done to start with. Sin has consequences. All through the Bible, we see that. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 says, and you hath he made alive, who were dead in the trespasses and sins. Colossians 2.13. And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with you, having forgiven you all your trespasses. He wants to do that, but we must come to him. Listen, you can come and say, I've confessed my sin, but God knows if you're serious. And hey, your life will prove whether you're serious or not. So, as we let this certain man be any sinner, lost or saved, the second thing I want us to notice here is the priest and the Levite. 
Now, what does it say there? The priest and the Levite needs to represent, listen, all empty solutions for sinners. You know, in this world we live today, everybody has an opinion. If you ask them about a situation, they're going to give you their opinion about it. They're going to tell you what they think. And you know, sometimes when we have decisions, we, we want other people's advice. We want other people's opinions. So we'll ask and ask and ask. But I can tell you this much. When God was dealing with me about surrendering to preach, I didn't ask one living soul because I was scared to death. But God kept on, kept on grinding and grinding and grinding. What do you do with a priest who's supposed to be leading people in the right direction? What do you do with a Levite who's supposed to know the Word and be able to share it with you? And might turn it around this way. What do you do with a preacher who's gone sour? What do you do with a deacon or a Sunday school teacher who's gone sour? What do you do? We need to go to their aid. We need to go to their side and try our best to get them back on track for God's sake. Y'all don't have to be this quiet. Say something. This priest and this Levite represents any empty solution for sinners. You know what I think about these two boys? I think both of them was backslid. I'm going to tell you something. In a storm, I'd rather be lost than be backslidden. If I'm lost, I don't know. If I'm backslidden, I know. I know what's right. I know what I'm supposed to do. Don't get in my way if I want to repent and do what's right, even if it embarrasses me, if it embarrasses my family, if it embarrasses my church. People ought to be glad when a sinner comes to renew their acquaintance with the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not talking about getting saved. I'm talking about when the backslidden person comes and genuinely repents of their sin, cries out to God and asks the church family, help me to get back where I used to be. Can you imagine David? I mean, he didn't say, Lord, save me again. He didn't say, Lord, I want to get baptized again. No. He said, I want you to restore to me. I want you to give me that joy I once had when I served the Lord. I want you to give me that joy back that I once had when I served the Lord in my church. That's what I want back. I want that peace that passeth all understanding and can only come from a repentant heart. Oh, I can do it with my mouth. I can do it with my head, but until I have done it with my heart, my soul, my mind, my entire being, it's not worth anything. Well, neither one of these old boys said anything. It says they one passed by on the other side. 
One passed by and just looked at him. But I began to think, what, 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 what was the priest maybe in his, maybe in his heart and his mind, he may, have, uh, he may have thought this because I put myself in his shoes, okay? The priest. He represents condemnation of the law. He may have said, well, you shouldn't have come this way to start with. You know this is a bad way. I don't know why you'd even want to come down in this direction here, especially by yourself. And the Levite, he may have said, I can tell you the route you should have took. Hey, it's too late. The guy's stripped. He's robbed. He's beaten, left for half dead. And you're standing there saying, well, he shouldn't have come this way. My goodness, that's the last thing somebody needs to hear. You shouldn't have come this way. I can tell you a better way to go. Well, the best thing you can do is help me get back on track. Neither of these men, the priest and the Levite, met the needs of this old boy. Not one. Didn't meet the needs. Poor, naked, half-dead man. Listen, this man didn't need, he didn't need instructions. He needed love. Tough love. He needed somebody to say, hey, son, I have been where you are. Let me get you back on your feet. And whatever it takes, I'm willing to do it for you. Listen, guys, if you've been there and you know somebody else who is there, it is your responsibility to go alongside them. And don't say, you shouldn't have come this way. You shouldn't have made that choice. Look, brother, I'm here for you. Sister, I'm here for you. I have been exactly where you are, and I'm here to lift you up. That's compassion. I don't know what's wrong with us today. I think we're afraid. I think we're afraid, well, I, I don't want to butt in. Well, butt in. If you get slapped, that's so what? Turn the other cheek. If you don't say what to do after that, you just have to make your own mind up. <laughs> Things bother me, y'all. This man's storm became the Samaritan's storm. Sometimes we're not willing to take on that load. Hey, man, let him deal with himself. I'm not going to get involved with this. What does it say there? One of them passed by on the other side. <laughs> I see him coming down the street. Oh, boy, I'm going to pass over and get on the other side. I'm going to pretend I'm looking in the windows at something. And then he walks up and says, hey, I saw you way up yonder. Boy, that's embarrassing. I saw you coming way up yonder. You passed by me. You didn't want to talk to me? What's wrong with you? Well, we do what we have to do, we say. This, this uh, man that was left, this situation, listen, he needed pity in the midst of his storm. He needed love in the midst of the storm. He needed salvation, deliverance in the midst of his storm. All right, this Samaritan storm. This certain man represents the lost person. 
The priest of Levi represents a backslidden Christian. But thirdly, we need to let the good Samaritan represent the Savior for sinners. I'm going to tell you what, listen guys, you've heard this before probably, I'm going to tell you again, this whole world needs Jesus. Listen, if this world had Jesus in their heart, you wouldn't have youngins on drugs. You wouldn't have families, husbands and wives parting ways and separating and going after somebody else. You wouldn't have preachers running around with church women if they had Jesus in their heart. You say, well, well I, I do, but I just I went in the wrong direction. Well, turn around. God allows U-turns. My goodness, why we want to be so bent and stubborn to keep on and say, well, this, I'm in this too deep and I can't get out. Oh, yes, you can get out. You can be like that old mule that fell in the well. You heard that story. If you didn't, I'm going to tell it to you again. Farmer told his wife, said, oh, oh, Bess, she's filling the well out you in that old dry well. I told you to fill it up. Well, it's too late. She's in the well. Bess is in the well. Went down there and he threw a rope down, hoping he could rope around the neck and couldn't. He said, honey, I don't know what we're going to do. She said, well, I'm getting tired of hearing Bess holler every night. You've got to do something. He calls in all the farmer friends. Said, boys, come please show up, bring your shovel. We're going to have to bury my mule. Heartbroken. Don't have to bury old Bess, hold the mule I got. They gathered around there and started throwing dirt in on old Bess, hitting dirt all over, backing her head. Every time a clot of dirt, shovel of dirt hit her, she'd just shake it off. They kept throwing, she kept shaking. First thing you know, she done shook it off so much and stomped it down, she walked out of the well. <laughs> you can't quit. If people's throwing dirt on you, you shake it off and you step up because there's a way out. Jesus is the way. And I'm begging you, folks, listen, we need to get it right. I'm going to tell you, it bothers me. I could have stayed in bed this morning, Lord have mercy. And I could have lied. I could have said, Lynn, I am sick. Call Matt, call Mark, call Tim, stand. I'm just sick. Crawl back in that bed, rain on that tin roof. That's sorriness. Sorriness. Okay, y'all. I don't know why you can't be committed. What's wrong with commitment around here? I can't compare you but to one. I don't want to compare you to that. I want to compare you to Jesus. I want you to compare me to Jesus. Yes, we all can do more. We can do better. The Samaritan went to the boy's side. He didn't say, son, what in the world are you doing in this shape? No, he didn't say that. It said he bound up his room, poured in wine. You know why he poured the wine in there? To kill the infection. Then he poured in oil. What did he do that for? Represents the Holy Spirit of God to take over the situation because, hey, 
Let me tell you something about that good Samaritan. He was a first responder. Ha, ha. He was. He was a first responder. Everybody else afraid to get involved. I think it was Brazil. Rio de Janeiro. I'm being carried here and there. We preached. We, we shared testimonies. We gave out tracts. And we rounded the corner, and honest to goodness, there was a dead body laying on the side of the road. Wasn't a soul around it. I said to the driver, I said, hey, what's going on there? He said, man, you don't want to get involved. He said, somebody's hit that old boy, and he's dead. He said, if I stop and do anything, I could be arrested and blamed for his death. This good Samaritan said, it don't matter to me. I'm going to get involved here. I'm going to get this old boy back on his feet. And so what does it say? He poured in the wine. He poured in the oil. He bound up his wound. I can see him right now pulling off his shirt and putting it on his private parts so he wouldn't be naked and got him up and put him on his own beast. Took him into the city. Took him to the end. Now the Bible says he spent a night with him. Literally, he, he stayed with him that night. Watching over, hoping he was going to make it and pull through. I'm satisfied that good Samaritan prayed over him, called on the Lord, healed this man, touched his body. Next morning, he said, son, now listen, I got to be on my way. But you mark it down. I stopped and helped you, and I'm going to leave you here. I'll be back by here in a few days. Now, don't you worry. I'm going to take care of everything. All I want you to do is rest. I want you to get well. And so he told the innkeeper, he said, son, here's some money. Um, I don't know how much you're going to charge, but I want you to look after this man. In a few days, I'll be back through here. And whatever you spend, I'll give it back to you. I'll give it back to you. How much are you willing to spend? How much are you willing to spend money-wise to help somebody? How much time-wise are you willing to spend to help somebody? What Jesus said to that lawyer? He said you need to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, thy soul, thy mind. That's everything I have. I'll give it to you. Are you willing to do that? If you are, you need to get on with the business, guys. I'm tired of messing around. Look, I'm not a set-down, do-little preacher, you understand? Caleb played baseball on a West Oak High School team, and, and some, the coach came from Anderson University uh, to look at him, and, and at the end of that wall holler, by the way, West Oak ball game, he called Caleb aside. He said, son, I've watched you. I like what I see, but he said, I don't have what you need. <clears throat> I don't have anything to offer you. But what I do have, I will offer you. I notice you play second and short. He said, we don't have second and short open. All we got is left field. Would you be willing to play left field? Caleb's answer was this. He said, coach, I want to play ball. I don't want to sit on the bench. I'm going to tell y'all something. Many of you are sitting on the bench, and it's high time you got up and got in the game here. Yes, we're out of debt. We had a good ministry last evening, but some of you didn't even show up. 
I understand you have prior commitments. But listen, whether you showed up or didn't, if you gave, okay. But you have a chance this morning, Max, here. You can still give. If you can't give but a dollar. We're talking about the investment in our youth. I want commitment around here. I can't make you commit to anything. I don't want to pray a prayer or something will happen to you if you get committed. You may pray the same prayer for me. <laughs> but I'm serious, guys. We need to be committed. Some of you, if you reported to your job the way you reported here, you'd be fired tomorrow. You wouldn't even be brought to the office to see what's the problem. You'd be fired without notice. I don't know who's to follow me here. Got nothing to do with it. But while I'm here, I'm going to pedal. I'm going to drive nails as hard as I can drive them. Because I'm responsible. God is holding me responsible. So I beg you. Notice. The good Samaritan said, when I come again. In other words, he can say, if I think about it, if I don't get too tied up, I'll be back. He said, I'll be back. You know what Jesus said? I'm coming again. Listen, you can get ready, you can get right, or you're going to get left out. And you're going to be in a devil's hell, and whose fault is it going to be? It's going to be yours. If you're in a backslidden condition this morning, I'd get on my face right here at this altar, and I wouldn't leave until I had peace in my heart. I'm just asking you to obey the Lord. I'm just tired of junk, y'all. Junk. It's time that we got rid of the junk. It starts with a J and replace the junk with Jesus. Father, I don't know what else to do or say. God, you know my heart. You know every person in this room. Lord, you know who needs to be in this altar today. You know who has been saved and has not made it public. You know who's lost and needs to be saved. You know who's backslidden and needs to come back home. God, I pray that you touch hearts, touch lives. I just ask your will to be done. Lord, I wouldn't leave myself out. I, I'm willing to be broken, melted, and remolded. But whatever you want, that's what I want. Lord, just, just, just touch our congregation. Lord, you've blessed me. You've given us a place to serve. Lord, you've given us two good men on uh, to work along beside me, not behind me, not in front of me, but beside me. And Lord, you've blessed this church with many ministries. God, help us not to let down our guard that we would serve you regardless. In Jesus' name, amen.